1: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, I'm going to give you some thoughts from the Eagles' second preseason game and tell you why this is the reason You never see starters play in a preseason game and why you never should again. Do the Eagles have a backup quarterback controversy? And should they be hitting the waiver wire looking at maybe bringing someone else into the fold after what we saw on Thursday night against the Browns? And plus, I will give you 10 bolder, more ridiculous predictions for this upcoming Eagles season than I gave you last year, in which I thought I was being ridiculously bold and ridiculously optimistic. And as it turned out, 7 out of the 10 predictions turned out to be right on the money. So we'll do all that coming up here on this edition of Eye on the Enemy. So let's get into this reaction to preseason game number two. And there's not a whole lot you can really take away as far as the starters, the the main players, but this is a game where you're just getting a look at some of the 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 second stringers, third stringers, fourth stringers, who you're going to keep on the practice squad, who you feel comfortable enough exposing to waivers, and then, you know, maybe you can you can sign them back. But we saw why no one plays Really important players, first stringers in the preseason last night. The Eagles had a number of injuries and, in a couple of cases, a couple of season enders. A very tough loss with cornerback Zach McPherson out for the season with a torn Achilles. McPherson was their top gunner on punt return coverage and was their number four on the depth chart in terms of cornerback? He backed up Darius Slay and James Bradbury on the outside, and he was gonna he was working at uh, backup slot corner as well. So now Josh Job will move into the spot that McPherson had on the on the depth chart, and you've got rookies Keely Ringo, Mikai Gardner, and Eli Rick, Ricks all in the mix. Ricks did not have as good a game on Thursday night as he had against the Ravens in the first preseason game. Uh, veteran Greedy Williams, who they signed for on a one year deal during the car course of the summer uh, is also in the mix but it's a you know Zach McPherson is not a household name not a guy that really anybody has a jersey of but one of the really important players on special teams and the Eagles have already lost Sean Bradley for the season who is perhaps their other top special teams player so some concern right now about the state of the special teams which to be honest and to be fair hurt the Eagles last year they hurt them in the Super Bowl. They hurt them during the regular season. The punt return team was not terribly good. They they were not, I mean, the punt coverage team was not very good. But, you know, the punt return team was not very good either. There were tr- there was trouble all across special teams, and yet they brought back the the special teams coach. They brought back just about everybody um, the the same returners as last year, and now they've lost two of their best gunners, two of their best tacklers, two of their best special team players here in Zach McPherson and Sean Bradley. And that's probably the area of this team that I'm the most concerned about right now. They also still have a problem at punter. Their 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 punter is. Has, has not performed very well. Ty Zentner had four punts at one point last night, which averaged 41.3 yards, and he had no punts inside the 20. He also dropped a snap on a field goal. This was an issue last year, and they didn't really do anything to fix it this offseason. I know the Eagles don't plan to punt a whole lot. I know they go for it on fourth down more than anyone, but even if you don't punt all that much, the Eagles barely punted in the Super Bowl, but the one time they needed to, they couldn't cover. And the Eagles had a hard time in the field position game last year whenever they needed to punt the ball away. it's Nobody wants to punt. Punting is an L, right? When you punt, you take an L for that particular offensive series. But at the end of the day, sometimes you need to do it, and you need to have a guy who can kick the ball effectively, not just far, because then you can allow other teams to return, obviously. But you need to have a punter who is, is precise with that sort of thing. And, you then, and then you need to have guys who can go down and tackle the, rece- the, the returners when they get the ball. And now with McPherson out and Sean Bradley out, it's very much up in the air what this special teams is going to look like. And from this point on, I would imagine a lot of what the Eagles coaching staff is going to want to see from their third and fourth string cornerbacks and safeties and linebackers and wide receivers and even running backs. They want to see who can play special teams. Because it's an it's always overlooked. Like when we're breaking down X's and O's and we're looking at game film, no one ever talks about special teams because they don't get a whole lot of snaps. And generally speaking, there's not a great opportunity to do a whole lot of damage one way or the other on special teams, but those chances do pop up. And if you don't have a punter that can punt the ball in the direction that the coverage team is running... Or if you send your put, your your punt coverage team left and he's kicking it to the right, which is what happened in the Super Bowl, you have problems. And so that that's what the Eagles are facing right now. They have a lot of question marks on their special teams, and uh, that's that is the biggest question mark for me going into the 2023 season right now. The biggest worry that I have is is making sure that they have some consistency with somebody punting the ball and with punt coverage and punt returning as well. Britton Covey's going to come back. He's going to be the punt returner. He was okay last year, but not a game breaker by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, I don't think we should expect a whole lot more than that. Luckily, this Eagles offense is so good, they don't really need to have an electric punt returner back there, but it sure would be nice. Um... I think we saw some good things from the safeties. Is Sidney Brown and Kayvon Wallace are having pretty good preseasons. They look like hitters out there at safety. Some, some plays missed here and there as well. Kayvon Wallace uh, recovered a fumble that was forced by N'Kobe Dean as the Eagles were down along their goal line. So they, they, it was right before the safety, the Browns safety. So, I mean, they stopped the Browns from scoring a touchdown in that spot or even kicking a field goal. Great play by, by Dean who was called for a personal foul call just before that. He made that made up for that stripping the ball and uh, allowing Kayvon Wallace to recover at their own two-yard line. So good play there by some some young players. Uh, Some of the other injury scares, Nolan Smith scared everybody when he left the game with a shoulder injury. He did not return, but he said after the game that everybody was just acting out of an overabundance of caution. It's a preseason game. There's no reason to throw him back out there, and he looked really good while he was in there. he, He gets those swim moves around the outside, like he's been playing in this league for a decade. He is so fast. He can just, he is going to, he's going to own any offensive tackle in this league who is susceptible to speed rushing just no way around it. I mean, he's he's he can just get underneath and he's got that bendability that he could just he can stay on a line, keep keep that turn real tight. He's like a sports car. You know, he just he takes those corners so tight and he can force the quarterback to step up in the pocket when he doesn't want to or flush him. Into the pocket and 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 make him run when he doesn't want to run, maybe right into the arms of some defensive tackles for some sacks during the course of the year. So uh, that is one of the uh, that's one of the good things we saw, and and thankfully, uh, Nolan Smith is not going to be out really for for any length of time, if at all. Uh, one of the other things we did learn this week was Hassan Reddick had surgery on an injured thumb that he hurt uh, over the last week. He'll be ready for Week One. That was worrisome when Tom Pelissero tweeted that out first thing on Thursday morning, but uh, thankfully Hassan Reddick and the Eagles say it's nothing to worry about. He'll be ready in a couple of weeks. Now, one of the things that everyone in Philadelphia is talking about is the quarterback situation. And no, of course not nothing to do with nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. Although you would have to excuse a couple of Browns fans on Twitter who was posting video of Marcus Mariota overthrowing receivers and saying, "Oh, really? Hurts is a top 5 QB?" Bro, it's preseason. It's Hurts. Look at the number on the guy throwing the ball, but Some, you can't, you can't, some people are just not worth. energy. (laughs) And so do the Eagles have a backup quarterback controversy on their hands? And this is one of the things I talked about when I was on uh, Birds 365 with uh, Jody McDonald and John McMullen on Thursday. Um, And I, I think I talked about it with Mike Garofalo on the on last week's edition of the podcast that I was concerned about Marcus Mariota. I was concerned about the Eagles backup quarterback situation. I was concerned that the guy doesn't seem to be able to throw the ball from here to there as an NFL quarterback. And if he has to play, let's let's say Jalen Hurts has to miss a couple of games in 2024 like he did last year. And I'm going to be honest with you, friends, the odds are much better than not that Jalen Hurts will miss sometime this year. Most quarterbacks miss a game or two. With the amount that Jalen Hurts runs, the amount of hits that he takes, I hope he's going to be smarter about it this year, but I'm telling you right now, Jalen Hurts is probably going to miss a game or two in 2024, just like he did last year. And Gardner Minshew was a better option than what they have right now. And Gardner Minshew wasn't a great option. But Marcus Mariota cannot throw the football. He can run it. But if Jalen Hurts is out for a game, is Mariota going to be allowed to throw the ball more than 10 times in a game? Probably not, right? I mean, it's just going to be run, 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 run with the running backs and with Mariota and jet sweeps and everything like that because he can't throw the football. You need to have a backup quarterback that can throw the football, to A.J. Brown, to Devontae Smith, to Dallas Goddard, uh, to Quez Watkins, to Olamide Zaccheaus. They, 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 he's got to be able to throw the football. And Marcus Mariota can't do it. And then Tanner McKee comes in, the sixth-round quarterback from Stam- Stanford. Big boy back there. Um, showed a little mobility in the pocket, too, uh, in the game on Thursday night, which kind of surprised me a little bit. He looked really good with a substandard collection of receivers who were dropping every other pass that he threw their way. But McKee looks like he's got the mechanics. He looks like he knows where to go with the football. He had a couple of beautiful back shoulder throws in this game, made a couple really nice reads, got the the game tied in the fourth quarter with a a touchdown and a two-point conversion. He just, he looks more competent back there. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He looks advanced for a sixth round rookie. And one of the things you saw out of him last year was that he had absolutely no mobility in the pocket, and that was one of the raps against him. But you could tell that he had a strong arm, he's a big kid, and he can throw the football. He can throw the football, and he's looked much better in the preseason than Marcus Mariota. So the question now remains, will Tanner McKee move ahead of Marcus Mariota? Should Tanner McKee be the backup quarterback to Jalen Hurts? No, I don't think so. And here's here's why. It's, and it is nothing against Tanner McKee. And if the Eagles weren't a Super Bowl contender, I would say, yeah, sure, let's let's try that. And I think this Eagles coaching staff can absolutely coach Tanner McKee up. If they went in that direction, I think you could defend it to a degree. But this is a Super Bowl team. This is the best team in the NFC. And I just don't think that, given the way Jalen Hurts plays— and given the likelihood that I think he will miss time, do you want to turn the keys of your conference champion, a team that really should get back to the Super Bowl here in 2023? Can you turn those keys over to a sixth round rookie no matter how good he looks? Remember, I, I can't, this is a Super Bowl team. You do not want a sixth round rookie leading the offense of a team that is expected to compete in a Super Bowl. But I also don't think Marcus Mariota is the answer at backup quarterback. So what does that mean? It means you need to call a veteran. You probably got to go out and get somebody else. And you got to get somebody that's probably been there before. You got to go get one of the veterans that are still hanging out. Uh, I think, you know, I'm going to give you a list of names, but the one that jumps out to me is the one at the top of the list, and that's Matt Ryan. You do not want Matt Ryan as your, as your opening day starter. You do not want Matt Ryan making 12 starts for you like he did for the Colts last year. And he went 4-7-1 with an 83.9 passer rating. He threw for 3,057 yards, but had a 14-13 to touchdown-to-interception ratio for the Colts. The days of Matt Ryan being a starting quarterback for a playoff-caliber NFL team are over, but of all the quarterbacks out there who could be potential backups— a guy who you might need for two or three games? Two or three games is what we're talking about here. When you go out and you sign a backup quarterback, it's with the idea that you might need him for two to four games. And what you want is for that guy to win you half of them. If you if you, if you you need a quarterback for four games, the hope is that your backup quarterback goes two and two for you. Anything more than that is gravy. I really believe Matt Ryan can be with this talent, with this offensive line protecting him. With the way the Eagles run the football, and I get that the Eagles running game with the running backs is far more effective when Jalen Hurts is also a threat to run. The running game with the running backs did not work as well when Gardner Minshew was in there because defensive players didn't have to pause. They didn't have to hesitate and wait and see if Jalen Hurts would tuck it and run. When when Jalen Hurts would go, when, when, uh, when Minshew would go back and they knew it wasn't a pass play, they knew to go after the running backs. They knew they didn't have to worry about the quarterback in that situation. So I get it with Matt Ryan, they're not the the running backs are not going to have as much success as they do with Jalen Hurts in there and everybody has to be okay with that because if Jalen Hurts is out there are no other Jalen Hurts is out there if Marcus Mariota was slightly competent at throwing the football then you could stick with him because he does give you that component of the running quarterback but there, but there really is no one else out there like that. And I think having somebody who can throw the football is more important than having a quarterback who can run the football. And Matt Ryan, I do believe, with this offensive line, with all of the talent the Eagles have at receiver, with the running backs that he has behind him, with the coaching staff that he has, I think Matt Ryan would be an ideal backup quarterback for this team. Again, somebody you'd need for two to four games. Hopefully not. Hopefully you don't need him for anything. But like if Jalen Hurts has to leave a playoff game early... Are you throwing Tanner McKee out there? Or are you throwing Matt Ryan out there? To me, to me, it's no, it's a no brainer. It's Matt Ryan. And if you wanted to cut Mariota at some point, not right now. It's too early to cut Marcus Mariota. You need to see what you have. You need to give him another th- this third and fourth preseason game. But at least the third. And I think if he looks the same way during the third preseason game coming up next week, I think you have to move on. And I think you got to make a phone call to Matt Ryan. And I think you got to see if you can get this guy in here. I don't know how much he'll cost. Probably won't be cheap. But it's not going to be a multi-year deal. It's going to be a one-year deal for what? Four or five million dollars maybe? I don't know what the cap situation is like, but I would imagine that Howie Roseman would find a way to make that work. So I'm not breathlessly breaking down Matt Ryan's door right now. But I'm starting to to make a short list of guys who I could turn to because I don't think it's going to be Marcus Mariota. Uh, Carson Wentz is another name that's out there. The Eagles are not going down the Carson Wentz road, not as a backup quarterback. And he was objectively bad for Washington last year, an 80.2 rating, which was worse than Matt Ryan's, 1,755 passing yards, 11 to 9 touchdown to interception ratio, but 26 sacks in seven games. He just... I just don't I don't think that he would come back to Philadelphia as a backup quarterback and I don't think the fan base would be able to stomach bringing back Carson Wentz. I think the fan base has moved on. It would be very strange for to see him back at the NovaCare Complex with a lot with a few of the same guys that were here when he was a starter. That would be awkward. And I don't think this team needs to needs to bring in any awkward vibes. The vibes are good with this team. Bringing Carson Wentz back in would would weird the situation up. And I I, even if he was the best option out here, and I don't think that he is from a football standpoint, I just think from a mental standpoint, a chemistry standpoint, a locker room standpoint, it doesn't work to bring Carson Wentz back. Tom Brady's out there. (laughs) He's retired um, and he's not going to come back as a backup. Uh, now I could, I could see that if like Jalen hurts gets hurt in the middle of the year and he's out for the season, would Tom Brady answer the phone, if you called him up and said, Hey, can you learn the playbook in a few days? And can you come in and can you play quarterback for us the rest of the way? That's a possibility, but he's not coming in now as a backup quarterback. And then you've got guys like one of the other guys that have been, that has been mentioned a lot. And this is a pipe dream, not going to happen. Nick Foles. Nick Foles is not coming back to Philadelphia. He's not going to be the backup. He was Matt Ryan's backup last year, and he performed worse than Matt Ryan did. I, I love Nick Foles. Don't get me wrong. Love Nick Foles. Love him to death. But he's not the right person for this particular job, I don't think. I just think his career has kind of passed him by at this point. Joe Flacco is another possibility. I, I, could, I could see Joe Flacco. I mean, the Eagles had him in here for a minute and a half uh, what was it, started last year or the year before? I forget exactly when. Maybe the year before last. I forget. It doesn't matter because he was here for a minute and a half and then he was gone. But obviously, Howie Roseman liked Joe Flacco enough the first time to bring him in for just a short amount of time. And um, it'd be interesting to see if maybe they would call him up again if Marcus Mariota continues to struggle. And then there are guys like Chase Daniel, Bryce Perkins, Chris Streveler, Tim DeMorat, CJ Beathard, and Cam Newton. Cam Newton's not coming back. That's not happening. No way. So I... I think we need to give Mariota one more preseason game because the best option is really for Mariota to figure it out and learn how to throw the ball accurately to people. But if it looks ugly again in week three, I think you've got to go out. I think you've got to get Matt Ryan. I don't think it can be Tanner McKee. Not not for a Super Bowl team, not for a Super Bowl team. I think he's your third stringer and I think you develop him. And I think with the idea of making him your backup next year, I can absolutely see that can absolutely see him being the backup in 2024 if things continue to progress the way that they have. But I would not give him the keys to the backup quarterback job here in 2023. Not not in the slightest. No, indeed. It's, there's just, the Eagles have too much to lose this year to do that. As, as much as we like him, as much as we've seen from him, and as good as he looks mechanically and everything else, Tanner McKay should not be the backup quarterback for the 2023 Eagles. All right, one last thing before we wrap up this edition of the podcast. Um, last year... I did 10 bold, overly optimistic Eagles predictions for 2022. And when I wrote them out, I thought I was being wildly optimistic. I was like, there's no way any of these things are happening. But I was feeling really good about the team. You know, the team was pretty complete. Looked the roster looked fantastic. And I was bullish on how a lot of these players would do. Here were my 10 predictions last year. And I will tell you which ones I got right. Number one, the Eagles passing offense finishes top five in efficiency. Got that one right. They finished second in overall efficiency. Number two, Jordan Davis wins defensive rookie of the year. That obviously did not happen. Number three, A.J. Brown leads receivers with 12 touchdowns. He actually finished with 12 touchdowns and led all Eagles receivers. He scored 11 in the regular season and had one in the Super Bowl, which I'm counting. Number four, Devontae. I said Devontae Smith and Brown would go over a thousand yards. Understanding that no Eagles duo had had ever done that before, and I nailed it. I also said Miles Sanders would go for over 1,000 total yards. Miles Sanders rushed for over 1,000 yards. So obviously, I got that one right. I predicted Jalen Hurts would join the 3,750-yard passing, 500-yard rushing club. I missed that one by 45 yards. I'm counting this one. I'm counting this one as a prediction made because Hertz came up 45 passing yards short of hitting 3750, but he missed two games and then also piled up a bunch of yards in the postseason and he rushed for well over 500 rushing yards. He was over 750 rushing yards last year. Number seven, at least one linebacker makes the Pro Bowl. I whiffed on that one. Number eight, Hassan Redick notches 12 or more sacks. Redick, of course, had 16 regular season sacks. Uh, number nine, the Eagles defense would finish top five in takeaways for a good part of the season they were but they finished just outside of the top five I think they were number seven in overall takeaways and then my final one was that the Eagles would advance to the NFC championship game and they did one better advancing to the Super Bowl so I got seven out of ten correct. So I thought, let's double down. And here are 10 even more overly optimistic predictions for the Eagles here in 2023. Number one, Jalen Hurts will win the NFL MVP. And why not? After finishing the runner-up last year, I think he's going to do it this year. He's going to take the next step forward mentally. And NFL.com is projecting he's going to throw for over 4,000 yards this year, rush for over 900 yards with 33 total touchdowns. That's an NFL MVP season, friend. So if that's what if that's what their projections are saying for Hertz, and if he's able to accomplish all of that, there's no way he's not the NFL MVP in 2023. Bold prediction number two. A.J. Brown, Devonte Smith, and Dallas Goddard go over 1,000 yards receiving. Goddard said this week he wants to join Brown and Smith as 1,000-yard receivers, which would give them three pass catchers going over the century, uh, going over the, the century mark, the thousand mark. Last year, Brown and Smith did it, of course, over a 17-game schedule. It's not a crazy prediction, I don't think. Five teams in NFL history have had three 1,000-yard receivers. The last team to do it was the 2008 Super Bowl Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, and Steve Breston. Remember that dude? All went over 1,000 yards. Last year, Goddard went for 702 receiving yards in 12 games, which over a 17-game season would project to 936, which is awfully close. Goddard said he also wants to catch 100 or more passes, and the last Eagle to do that was Zach Ertz in Goddard's rookie season of 2018. But three receivers going over 1,000 yards. I said two last year, and it happened, so up the ante. Let's say three receivers going over 1,000 yards here in 2023. I predict that the Eagles running backs will combine for 1,500 or more Rushing yards, and I don't know if it's going to be Kenny Gainwell, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott getting all the carries. I do think that this quartet of backs can be dangerous. I think it'll it'll help them all to stay healthy if they're splitting up the time. And when you couple that with 650 to 800 rushing yards from Hertz, which I think is about what we should expect, we're gonna have the league's best rushing attack once again this year. But I say that quartet of running backs piles up 1,500 or more rushing yards this season. Well, I predicted Jordan Davis would win defensive rookie of the year last year. That didn't work out. I feel a little bit more confident with the Jalen Carter winning NFL defensive rookie of the year prediction. He looks like a monster. You all saw the first rep for him uh, in the game against Baltimore last weekend where he just shoved aside uh, the offensive guard and got right into the quarterback's face. He's going to be good. And Nolan Smith may finish with more sacks, but Carter's going to destroy people in the middle of the offensive line all season long. I think he is going to replace Javon Hargrave. I'm convinced of it. I think the players are convinced of it. He's going to win defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, not player of the year, defensive rookie of the year. My next bold prediction, Darius Slay and James Bradbury combine for 10 or more interceptions. Kind of a weird year for those guys last season. After he had a two-interception game against Justin Jefferson and the Vikings in Week 2, Slay had only one more pick the entire season, in Week 6 at home against the Cowboys. And then the last of Bradbury's three interceptions came in Week 8. It's really difficult to figure out how one of the very best cornerback duos was unable to get a single interception over the team's final nine weeks, um, although Bradbury did get one during the divisional round win against the Giants. But I think that was an anomaly. And I don't know that these guys are at the top of their games anymore. They're clearly veterans, and they, they're they not at the height of their powers. But both were still very effective in coverage last year. They're going to be here for the next couple of years, and I think they had some bad luck. You know, interceptions, turnovers, a lot of that is luck-based. And so I think that'll turn around for them this year. I think they'll combine for at least 10 interceptions between the two of them. And that's that. maybe that's even a little bit conservative. My next prediction, the Eagles' defensive line will break the NFL sack record. You know what? Why not? Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Milton Williams, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, uh, Nolan Smith. Oh, boy. They've got so many different guys that just are going to come in waves. They got 70 last year, too shy of the all-time record set by the 84 Bears. I know in my head that it's they're due for a regression there. I, I get it. I I know that this is completely outlandish. They're absolutely due for a regression from 70 sacks. But this is the spot where we're making overly optimistic predictions. So I say they get to 73 here in 2023. This one's wild too. Nicobe Dean and Reed Blankenship make the Pro Bowl. I think the odds of Blankenship making it are better than Dean, but Dean returned to the practice field this week. He got in the game. I mentioned just a minute ago. He made an impact right away. Reed Blankenship has been just generating all kinds of buzz from his play. So I'm feeling really optimistic about both. Let's say both go to the Pro Bowl. Let's go. Uh, I predict the Eagles will sweep the NFC East. That's going to be tough. I think the Eagles are going to beat the Giants both times. It's just what they do. And I think they'll take care of the Commanders both games, even though Washington does usually give them fits in at least one of their games. But that leaves Dallas, which is, you know, maybe their top contender in the NFC to knock them off their perch. In fact, the last time the Eagles beat the Cowboys in Dallas was back in the Super Bowl season of 2017. And there have only been three instances in which an NFC East team has swept the games against its own division. The 1998 Cowboys, the 2004 Eagles, and the 2021 Cowboys. By the way, the 98 Cowboys, that was, in, that was when there were five teams in the NFC East, not four. And so they had to go 8-0 and oh in the division there. That's insane that the 98 Cowboys pulled that off. But I do think the Eagles are good enough to go 6-0 against their own division, win that game in Dallas. I think they need to, I think they will do that this year, even with two other playoff teams in it. It's happening, friends. Two more predictions. Nick Sirianni is named NFL Coach of the Year. A lot of this is going to depend on how his new coordinators perform, but I think Sirianni has proven all the skeptics, including me, wrong. He's been a brilliant head coach. And I think after the Eagles finish with what I think will be the best record in the NFC once again this year, powered by a prolific offense and the league MVP at quarterback, he's going to get the recognition he deserves and take home coach of the year honors. And finally, my last prediction, why not? The Eagles will defeat the Bills in Super Bowl 58, finishing the job and getting the city another Parade. Those are my 10 bolder, even more overly optimistic predictions. You can read them all over at bleedinggreennation.com by the way, where I have a little bit more to say about all of those there. Alright everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. I want to remind you all to make, to make sure you keep reading bleedinggreennation.com each and every day, and also uh, hit that podcast feed up every day as well, because we are posting live updates, not live updates, but uh, daily updates um, from, from practices here during training camp, following the preseason games we got all of the ins and outs the x's and o's and everything you're going to want to need to know about this team here as they get ready to start the 2023 season thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you next time right here on eye on the enemy